0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to that, another edition of Sports Tonight on this beautiful Wednesday night here in Tampa Bay. A little thunder showers down here before that, but we suns out beautiful. Like to welcome our legends from from the shore or Sarasota, wherever this gentleman is. He's still a great legend and a good, great friend, Mr. Don Henderson. And man to set off another great friend, Mr. Roger Henler, and Mr. Roy Cummings. Roy, I like to say like that the highlight of my week right now is watching. The local sports station, Channel 9, I can't say the name, but watching you, Mr. Kaufman, go at it. It's a highlight of my week. My <laughs> my <name, but, laughs> well, hey, Tommy, that's if that's, the, that's the, the case, Tommy, gotta,
2: we got to get you a better week. But uh, thanks, I <laughs> you, my friend.
1: <laughs> hey, where, where are we got to surprise for you next week? Mr. Rick Peckham will be joining us, too. Hopefully you can overlap his, your time talk to Rick up there about everything. Under oh, website. that sounds great. <laughs> Remember the old days where we used to go out to we played golf. Remember Emily Ness, me, you, Rick, or or you know, something like that? And we went to watch a hockey game, and Mr. Rick would always would join us watching the hockey game.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I'll never forget him. Those were great days. Oh,
1: my God. Those are great days out there. But, well, a lot hopefully, of all those
3: days about. will be back.
1: <laughs> Roy, what about, hopefully, guys are in the ice right now, Brandon or The arena. That's a great sign for this great game of hockey. Hopefully, we'll get this underway.
2: Yeah, you got to hope. You know, uh, look, they're they're back on the, as you said, they're back on the ice and uh, they're moving. uh, You know, towards uh, playing games at the end of July. I think everybody's kind of getting excited as they kind of get accustomed to um, what they're talking about in terms of a. You know, of a of a round robin for teams like the Lightning and the Bruins and the top teams in the in each conference, and then you've got the kind of the play-in rounds for uh, other right. teams, you know, like Toronto and Columbus and uh, some of them. And I think it's going to be an exciting tournament, uh, no doubt about that. I think it's going to be great. Uh, we just got to keep our fingers crossed and hope that uh, we get there. I, I think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, we're starting to see a spike again in coronavirus cases and. Uh, it could give some of these these leagues pause as to what they're doing. Um, I know college football is starting to wonder if uh, if maybe they moved a little bit too quick, but we'll have to wait and see so um, but right now, yeah, uh, guys are back on the ice, small groups at a time. Um, they're doing everything they can to keep everybody safe and uh, and that's good. so you're know, very slowly getting back to uh, some semblance of uh, of normalcy in sports, with hey, golf starting up again tomorrow. Uh, if you're an NASCAR fan, you've had that for a couple of weeks, but I think hey. golf coming back is going to be a—that's going to be a big boost for everybody to watch some golf over the weekend.
1: Well, I can't wait for that. How's your golf game going, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Haven't played in years, so uh, unfortunately, <laughs> it's <laughs> not <laughs> you going go. very well. You go Tommy go also ahead.
4: had a flyer player that was uh, re- rewarded for not only his performance on the ice but his community service. For the year, and, and uh, that's got to be quite an honor itself, too. Oh,
1: yes, yes, it does. But figure well, I mean, I mean, this is, with the situation the country's in right now, and and you got to give once again, Roy and everybody, down here in Tampa, and Mr. Jeff Dennis, you got to give him credit again because he stepped up way before the Buccaneers stepped up, way before the Rays stepped up. He stepped up when the <coughs> was was crisis up there, defeating Tampa Bay, and I, I, I remember. I remember that, remember that um, he, he, he fed the employees. And I, I had a door back to the door one day, Roy. It was Bernstein and Trevor out the door for food. And we just talked over old-time old old time hockey up there. So, I mean, I get Mr. Vinick all the credit in the world for starting the first owner to start this in, in the Tampa Bay market.
4: Well, I'll tell you, I, we talked about it last week, and i just reiterate again this week. I, I commend the National Hockey League and the NBA and, I'm not a great NBA follower anymore, but uh, I was for so many years, and uh, I think they're headed in the right direction. Uh, But I think those two uh, uh, organizations have had great leadership and uh, seem to be headed in the right direction. Uh, Baseball, uh, boy, I, I don't know where I'm watching a baseball draft, and to be honest with you, I don't know the players that well. I just listen to what the professionals say once one is drafted. Uh, right. Young know, Phil out of Minnesota has got to be uh, quite a performer. It throws it over 100 miles an hour and has a great oh. slider. But uh, I, I, I don't know the players that well, and, and it's so tough to talk about them. But baseball, uh, mm. to me, is just uh, in the wrong place at the wrong time.
1: Exactly. That's a great point, uh we you think about it. Because usually, usually baseball is up right now. The playoffs, the NBA playoffs, will start up there. And you got to give that 4-letter network a lot of credit for doing the last dance. I so watched that last night, Don and everybody. And when Michael did that shot over Craig Nilo, I was, that was my first NBA game I ever covered. And, he did, and Michael did that shot over Craig Nilo, like, wow. And I I went up to him after the game and said, wow, that's a great shot you had, Michael Murray. You know, this is the first time I ever seen you play. And I seen him in person, and my like, guy said, I introduced myself. And Don, after that, every time it came for Orlando, we, we've been. He looks for me, and he smiles at me. He's always been looking for me right there. So I mean, it's, a, it's a great tribute. But I think it's going to be great, to hockey, that gets the same point. You know, because baseball, your trophy's great. So is Super Bowl, so is the NBA. But what trophy, guys, you fight for all your lives, all for, a, for three months, usually for April, May, June, for, for the Stanley Cup. And that's when Batman wants to get this thing started, get that prestigious trophy to, or work to some team. Could be the Lightning. Could be St. Louis. It could be Boston. Even the Philadelphia Flyers stuff here. So once he gets that thing up there, he's done. A, he's done a great job this year.
3: Roy, you know, what's I up? have a question for all of you. Okay, and uh, it's about the baseball situation. I know what was last week. I think Bill said that he felt that there would be a, a settlement. And I'll tell you, I would like Roy, Don, Tommy, uh, Frank. I don't know when there's ever going to be a settlement on this, these issues.
4: Well, let Roy Roger. go first. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I,
2: I, yeah, I agree. Look, I think what what we're looking at in a best case scenario now is a diminishing amount of games because they're running out of time. Um, mm-hmm. Major League Baseball is very fearful of a second wave of the coronavirus hitting sometime in the fall. So they don't want their playoffs going into November. They want to have everything done by October. They want the regular season done by September 27th. I think they're mm-hmm. going to stick to that. Um, and, and so what that means is every week that we go through here without an agreement is another you know, six games, in essence, lost at least. Uh, it could be as much as seven games. But you're basically killing about six games for every uh, week of negotiations that goes by. So, you know, there was hope that there was going to be an, an agreement by June 1st, and we're talking about, you know, maybe 100 games, and then it was down to, you know, 89 games. Now it's probably down to 76 games. Uh, mm-hmm. If we go another week, take you know, then you're talking about 70. I think at the end of the day, if, and it's a big if, they come to an agreement you're probably looking right now let's just you know let's say that the stars somehow align this weekend because I think they are starting to make progress I think both sides look both sides you know it's Wednesday night both sides through Wednesday night over the course of the last three days have made a a proposal both of them have been in essence laughed at by the other side but they've also uh, led to yet another proposal coming back from the other side so They are negotiating. They don't appear to be in an impasse just yet. Of course, as soon as I say that, we'll find out that they are. But um, I think they're working towards something. I have to hope that they are. But it's not going to be much. I think the hope of having a half season, uh, 100 games out the window, 82 games, not going to happen. We're looking now at something between – right now, we're looking at something between 60 and 75 games, I think. And, you know – how do you feel about that for a major league baseball season, uh, even with expanded playoffs? I, I don't know that it's you know. Look, I, I'm at a point where I just want to see baseball again. You know, I'll, I'll worry about how legitimate it's, the season is, but it's unfortunate that it's come to this. There was an opportunity here. There were months to, to settle through this. Uh, they 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 kind of blew that opportunity, and and major league baseball is doing it's doing itself a disservice here at a time when. Uh, Don, you've already mentioned it. NBA is getting it right. The NHL, we know, is getting it right. Golf is back. Soccer is getting Madden it right. On the, on the track. Uh, Major League Soccer is going to start this weekend. Uh, Golf Everybody's starting. getting it right except baseball. So it's it's unfortunate that it's happening. Um, and, I, I, unfortunately, I don't see a uh, – the compromise isn't going to be what everybody hoped for, which is going to be really
4: sad. Roger, your thought Next.
3: Well, I I guess uh, I hope, uh, like Roy, that there is. But, uh, you know, there just seems to be so much conflict between the two sides. And then the players want no parts of that 50 games. So, you know, I I think one of the the problems we're all having is we're not getting any uh, sports on TV to speak of that can take, take our mind off of the virus and all the other issues uh, in the world.
5: Frank, what do you think? Well, I, I feel very, very sorry for the American public. Um, I, it's millionaires against billionaires. Uh, nobody right. wants <laughs> to give an inch. Um, the, you know, they're getting money through the, the COVID money coming out of, uh, coming out of Congress. But here's the question. The players don't want to drop their salaries. Um, the, there are many people who are out of work for what was supposed to be 15 days is now stretched into almost 90 days. With the cost of tickets going up, who's going to be in the stands? I mean, last year we saw a, a diminished number of people at games, and this year I don't care what team it is, with the cost of, of uh, tickets, you can't take a family
4: to a game anymore uh,
5: for less than uh, almost $200. Well, Frank, uh, well, Frank, I'll tell you very, that very that
4: frankly that uh, I've been a baseball fan all my life. I've watched baseball from the time I was five years old until right oh. now. But they have oh. bastardized this uh, negotiation so badly. I hope mm-hmm, there's no right. no baseball. <clears throat> I hope they both mm-hmm. walk away from the table I hope we don't have one single game until spring training next year because I wouldn't go to a game. I might not even turn one on on television because what they've done to the public and what they've done to the sport doesn't deserve to be watched. So I would maybe not even watch a game, whether it's a World Series that they want to call a World Series, which is nothing, and uh, the the whole atmosphere playing 50 games or 60 games is a joke. So, to me, yep. I hope they don't settle. I hope they walk away from the table, and that, and I will not miss it one bit.
2: Wow. Well Guys, I'll say this. I, Don, I see where you're coming from. Frank, I agree with you 100%. It's very sad for the fans. Look, part of this, they were never going to have a, you know, a full season. That that just wasn't going to happen. Uh, I think, to, <laughs> be on, to be honest, I think the best they could have hoped for was an 80-plus 80, 80 game season, whether it's 89 games, 82 games, take your pick. I, I think they think could the, have the gone 110 was, if they
4: had settled it right
2: away. I think they could no, have gotten a yeah, 110. Disagree with that. I disagree with that, and here's why. You would have had to play far too many doubleheaders, and at the end of the day, I think that's just too taxing on players at, this, at a time when, when owners are more conscious than ever of protecting players from injury. I don't think that would have been good, and I don't think fans would have been up for doubleheaders with seven, game, seven inning games. I don't think that would have happened. I, I don't think that would have been good for the game either. Um, the players wanted to play 114 games because they figured that was the best way for them to get, their, you know, their full share of salary or the most money out of the deal. The problem is, and Frank, you touched on this, you're concerned about who's going to the games. Frank, you said you're not going to go to a game. Well, Frank, you're not going to be allowed to go to a game, and that's what the problem is. No fans mm-hmm. are going to be allowed to go to games here, we think, until probably maybe September. They're talking about possibly the playoffs. They're hoping they can get players in for the playoffs or fans in for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's no mo- so there's no money coming in for the – well, not no money, but 40% of the income from, uh, for the owners is, is, is washed away before they even right. throw the first pitch in the season. One thing that the NBA and the NHL have going for them is they, they played two-thirds of their season. So most of mm-hmm. the money in the bank from fans. Um, granted, Great. they would make more through playoffs, but they've made something. Major League Baseball is going to make mm-hmm. nothing from fan attendance. The NFL is going to mm-hmm. get something more than likely. The N- Major League Baseball won't. And that's mm-hmm. why you have such a, you know, a, a, a a contentious negotiation going on here. Because the owners failed to kind of, you know, point that out in their original agreement with the players way back in March when they said, all right, if we come back, we'll give you a pro rata and da-da-da-da-da. And the players said, okay, great. But then that was based on the thought that at some point when they come back, they were going to actually have fans. Because in March, we didn't know what we were dealing with the, with the coronavirus. Right. right.
6: You
2: know, and now we do. Well, we still don't necessarily. But Roy, if,
4: if they had legitimately negotiated – you know, they could be in spring training now. They could have had a weekend already. So, exactly. to me, I think they no, could have exactly. played 100. I think they legitimately could have played 110 games. But they've gone on and on and on. And you tell me, you're, you're a baseball guy. If they wind up playing 50 or 60 games, what kind of baseball is that?
2: It's not It's not going to be representative of a, of a season. It's not. It, it'll have an asterisk in it. It'll. It will not be representative of a full season. It's not. But you know what? That asterisk was going to be there anyway. It really was. Right. Look, I agree. Fifty games, sixty games. That's worst case scenario. It really is. I, I. To me, that I agree. I think that may even be worse than not playing a season. Absolutely. Because to me, I, I could, under, you could if you lose a season because, you know, of a, of a global pandemic. Okay, we get it. But we're all going to know that they're going to lose a season here because they couldn't agree on how much money to split between millionaires and billionaires, and fans just aren't going to. And they're going to do damage to the game. That's the thing. They're it, going to damage a long time, their own
3: game. you right, Roy. That's for a long time. Yeah, possibly for a long, long time. time. Yeah, a long time. Mm-hmm. Hey, Roy, I will that's... say in Pennsylvania, uh, the uh, uh, governor, uh, like in, the, in a lot of areas, that it's green. Uh, you know, and I guess Florida is pretty much uh, pretty open, uh, from what I understand. In Georgia, but uh, the uh, we're in yellow in Montgomery County because we we're one of the counties that got hit. But if everything uh, stays the way it is now, uh, we should be green. I think it's like uh, in two weeks after you go yellow if everything's fine. But the good thing is that they the governor has allowed youth sports to play so like my grand oldest granddaughters now uh, uh they're having practices for her softball team and the the, the the thing i'm looking at is hey listen if we can get like uh, babe ruth literally i'll go out at night and watch a game you know just uh, of kids just to get out
4: and watch a game yeah i'm with it roger i think uh you know watching uh, Games would be, at that level would be a, a, a lot of fun, and, and it would be like baseball was uh, when you were growing up. But uh, right. to me, what what they're doing now, I, I, this is just—I think it's a disgrace.
2: It is a disgrace.
4: There, there's no denying that they they have lost
2: sight of the fact. And look, and you know, somebody—it was Jeff Passan, I believe, of uh, ESPN—who uh, who broke down the numbers uh, a little more than a week ago. It was about ten days ago. He broke down the numbers and basically came to to the realization that what the two sides are basically fighting over is a difference of about $384 million. Now, Mm -hmm. that sounds like a lot of money to everybody, and it is. I'm not denying that that is an incredible amount of money. But $384 million is basically the team payroll for two major league teams. It's about Mm -hmm. one-third of the value of any major league baseball club. Take your pick, be it the Yankees, Mm -hmm. the Rays, the Pirates, the Dodgers—take your pick. That—that's what they're fighting over. And to me, I think at some point, because the game has so much to lose, it's the—it's incumbent upon the owners to realize. And because he's paid by the owners, I think it's up to the commissioner to get the owners together and say, "Look, guys, we're in—we're in a position where we're going to screw this up so bad, we are going to lose fans. We're not going to have fans this year. Next year, we're going to lose fans because they're fed up and pissed off at us." and they're not going to come watch our games because they're sick and tired of us bickering for the better of the game. When is this for the good of the game? Major League Baseball needs to take the financial hit this year and whatever, and I'm not saying whatever the players want, but get 80-plus games played, get out there, get back as soon as you can, and play as much as you can. And if you take a financial hit, take a financial hit. Because you're going to continue to take a financial hit if you, as you said, bastardize the season with 50 games or less or something along those lines, or go into next season without a season this year and the fans are so mm-hmm. upset that they, they've they turned away and said, forget it, I'll go watch something else. You're going to suffer that, that loss anyway as well. So I think it's incumbent upon the owners and the commissioners for the better of the game, for the good of the game, and,
4: to get out Roger, there and agree you to play 80-plus games, no matter was, what you I call. believe it was Joel Sherby said yesterday that – the hard line owners, they don't want to play. They they, they don't want the season to, to resume. The guys that are, uh, I don't know who, he didn't point out who the hard line owners were, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was yesterday's column. Uh, th- there's a very strong contingent of owners that do not want this game to be resumed this year.
2: That's well, because they're, they're not they don't want to, to give in the players. And that's old-line that's old thinking. That's old-school thinking. And that, you know what? Right. That kind of thinking is what has hurt the game in every other work stoppage in history. It's always this battle true. with the players. They're not thinking about the fans. They're not right. what He's, Frank said. Right. He's right on the mark. Every fan is suffering here as a result of this, and we're having to find other outlets. And you know what? We will find other outlets. And some yeah. fans won't come back. You're going to lose fans for for a generation if you screw this up.
3: Hey, Roy, I got to tell you, it took me several years to come back after they canceled and they had the uh, the work stoppage and they didn't have the year they didn't have the World Series a number of years ago. I just I was right there with you. For, for, yeah, for a couple of years. Roger, I was right there with you. As Tommy can tell you,
2: I was busy covering an NHL team at work. That was my life. And – i it it was actually rather easy to ignore baseball at the time because I was so involved with hockey that you know right. and, and hockey comes look hockey goes into the middle of June, and so when you're covering a team until the you know until April uh go and then going going and covering playoffs and then the draft and everything else, and suddenly mm-hmm. you know and, and so I didn't miss it until July, and without the season I am like oh okay well there's no well guess what as they were getting ready to play the World Series and there wasn't one, I'm covering hockey again. So, now look, that's, yeah. back, uh, you know, but my, I think the point is, again, in, in markets where back then maybe there wasn't hockey to look at or, or, or basketball wasn't as big or whatever it might be, maybe mm-hmm. soccer wasn't as big, this time around there's something else for people to look at. And they're going to look that at right. something else. You're right yeah, on target of- there. Here's the thing, guys. Exactly. If they can lose a diehard like me, someone who grew up in the game, someone who completely understands right. every aspect from the player's side and the owner's side, if they can lose me and they can lose a guy like Roger and they can lose a guy like Don, people who absolutely live for this
4: stuff in a way,
2: mm-hmm. they can lose the casual fan, and they will.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: What well, they've already
4: lost a lot of casual fans as it is. And then the other trickery that they want to put in, to make the games go faster, you know, play seven innings, put runners on base. When, you know, Joel Sherman pointed that out, it's a great opportunity to try out some of the things that they uh, are talking about down the road. As I say, putting runners on base, extra innings, uh, mm-hmm. the clock, of course. Uh, I can't think. Of, I can't think of some of the other things, but uh, <laughs> I mean, the whole thing, they're gonna trick the game up. Uh, and yeah. it's,
2: that's going to be the game yeah. we know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that's a problem, too. It just makes but it God, worse. Just,
4: You're exactly
3: right, Don.
1: But, growing, everybody, you got to feel sorry for me. I mean, you see the average person who works at, say, a Tropicana field, the, the ticket takers, the ushers, the concessionaires, the vendors, are all suffering right now because billionaires versus trillionaires up there. These two, You know, it's going to be average fans to be tough for the, the average fan to come back in baseball, you has, know, hasn't started yet. This is the time for baseball. To look for the the boys' of summer coming up here, and and now, is nothing at all. So I think if baseball doesn't come back this year, I think they're I think they're done forever. Because this way, this is
4: well, they're really never they're done, forever, done forever. But, but Tommy, but, but, as as Roy said, and, and Rogers too. I mean, you're you know, we're looking at something that uh, you know, you couldn't fathom this happening. I mean, you can't okay. imagine. First of all, we couldn't imagine the virus. But after we got through with the virus, I mean, this, it, it's just unbelievable what's going on right now.
2: You know, here's the, here's, there's, a, there's another side to this, guys, and I mentioned it earlier,
4: but just briefly.
2: There actually is some good news. I, I mean, again, both sides have traded proposals this week. I, I can't believe we're even discussing this considering the situation. But both sides have traded proposals this week. They seem to move, each one did seem to move them a little bit, even though they were rejected outrightly. They did Mm. seem to move a little bit closer to each other as a result of those proposals. Again, I still think at the end of the day, we end up playing less than 60 games. Uh, It's not going to look good, but maybe we get lucky. Maybe somebody in Major League Baseball wakes up, maybe they hear what we're saying. I doubt that anybody's listening, anybody in Major League Baseball is listening to us, but Maybe maybe somebody gets the same idea that you know we've been throwing around here that they're putting their entire game at risk and mm-hmm. you know and the near the near future of it and maybe they wake up and say guys you know what for the good of the game remember that phrase for the good of the game yeah Let, let's go play baseball let's figure this out exactly let's you know let's, let's suck it up and go play baseball and and let's hope for the best
4: well let us look you know at it from either. another perspective because on the line right now, Bill Berge, is said bill Bill was through it in the national Football league, he was through it with the owners, he was through it with the players, uh, maybe not as close to the baseball as uh, as you were bill with the football, obviously, but you've been through this what's it like
6: well it's it's just tough times right now, and hopefully uh Things will uh, get straightened out pretty soon. I I do know one thing. Uh, Here in the Delaware Valley, in Philadelphia, if if we don't have uh, football come this spring, people are going to start slitting their wrists because, you know, there's a lot of people in this area. They won't buy a new car. They won't take a vacation. They won't buy new furniture. But they will renew those season tickets absolutely every single January. And uh, they... Don't have uh, January 1st, January 1st. They don't have Christmas to Christmas. They have the beginning of football season to the beginning of football season.
4: Well, let me just say this, Roy. Thank you very, very much. As always, it's always a pleasure to have you on that first half hour. uh, Bill, I I agree with you. I
3: I got a quick question for Roy on the medical because this would also uh, tie in with Bill. Uh, Roy, I have uh, understood, I have pretty good authority that they have developed a, uh, a system uh, where plants are using it. And it's like, you know, when you go through the TSA check and they, it's not that expensive, I understand, where they can uh, test the person walking through whether they have the virus or not. Have you heard about that? Yeah, absolutely, and yes,
2: that technology is in place in uh, in a lot of the, the bigger, uh, uh, like auto plants, uh, canning factories, that kind of stuff. Um, certainly, some of the meat uh, factories because of the situation they had there in uh, Iowa and Midwest earlier this year. So, yeah, that that technology is definitely available, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a big part of what happens um, with each professional sports team as they come back. I think the NFL is planning on having that kind of a system or something similar to it, where basically you, you, you kind of walk through a, you know, a, a door and it's set up so that it, it takes your temperature. It, it, it reads a couple of different things that could be triggers for the virus or, or symptoms or something show that you could be uh, in danger of having the virus, in which case you would uh, go get tested. And if you're cleared, you're, you're fine. But if you're not, you know, obviously you're quarantined for two weeks, but they're also doing all kinds of cleaning situations. The NFL's come out with a mandate that um, locker rooms built. <laughs> Hard to imagine this one, but lockers uh, six feet apart uh, for training camp. Training camp. Now, I don't know if training camp can going to have 90 players, but even with 53 to 60 or 70 players in training camp, finding room for uh, lockers six feet apart in a building is going to be difficult, but that's what, right. uh, that's what they're calling
6: for. They so, don't even know really, really what kind of uh, timetable they have. As far as the – this is Bill Berge again. As far as the NFL yeah. uh, goes this year, uh, I have heard so many different things. Uh, one of the latest is they're going to start in October, and uh, they're going to cut out uh, all but one preseason game. Uh, they're going to play the Super Bowl uh, in uh, at the end of uh, February, maybe even the beginning of March. And uh, it's, it's all just kind of crazy stuff. They're not going to have any bye weeks, or they may get the thing started on time. And then I've also heard that, you know, if people are six feet apart in the stands, what, instead of having 60,000 people, you're going to have 10,000 people? Well, let me tell you what. I played one time in Houston against the Oilers when I was playing with the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Houston Oilers were t- terrible just terrible <laughs> and there was only probably about 17 or 18,000 people in the Houston Astrodome we absolutely thought it was just an empty arena and it was so hard and so difficult to play football i am just really looking forward to seeing how all of this is going to play out
4: Bill, I think it's the other different. thing is There's that no no a lot of Roger in and, and, and Tommy and they haven't really uh, addressed the uh, If the virus comes back during the season, let's suppose, let's say, for instance, the Philadelphia Eagles go to camp. They get into maybe one or two games into the season, and then two guys in the locker room come down with the virus. Then what do you do?
6: I know. It's tough times, and it's really uh, difficult to predict the future. You don't know what is going to happen. I know that uh, my wife and I, we have been trying to do everything uh, the right way. I'm one of those older guys. I don't want to get it. I uh, already saw where one of my old teammates, uh, a kicker that had the longest field goal at one time, Tom Dempsey, he died of the uh, coronavirus. Uh, oh no! Yeah, and and that that oh, just kind God. of spooks me out.
1: Yeah. Wow. Tom Dempsey really yeah, died. Uh, John. I don't think I don't think the
2: league has because I think it's still in in the discussion stage. And I'll leave you guys with this. I think it's still in the discussion stage with everybody as to what sure. do we do when, when and the, it's, let's face it, it's going to be when a, an athlete, a player, tests positive for the virus. What are we going to do when that happens? Um, I, I know that the, the, basic, the basics of the plan is that, well, all of a sudden everybody on the team uh, is, is now tested. That's why with the NHL, one of the things that, that they're doing is basically they're talking about an act, a maximum of about 50 people, and it may be less than that, um, if they can. In the, if they end up playing in in hubs, uh, if there's you know four or five teams in each hub or something like that, they're only going to allow like maybe 50 people per team uh, to be in, to be in that travel group or in that for that you know representing that team in that city. Ooh. Because what's going to happen is if. If somebody tests, test, everybody's going to have to be tested. Now the real question is, okay, let's say somebody gets tested and then you next find out, okay, two people, you know, end up with the virus and then you find out that five more people have the virus. Now what happens? Mm. You know, do you suddenly shut down the, the, the season again? Or do you bring players up from minor, the minor leagues? What do you do? And I'm sure there are plans and con, contingency plans like that in place. And they're probably being changed, you know, by the day. Uh, to, to make sure that everybody's everything's covered, one way or the other, depending on what happens. But it is that's the big question: is what do you do if you get into training camp or you get on the field playing regular games, no matter the sport, and all of a sudden two guys test positive for the virus, yeah. or you know someone else in the travel party does, or whatever it might be. That's the that's that one works. that's probably the biggest oh, yeah. question that
4: has to be answered going forward.
1: Wow, that's unreal. Well, no, I
4: think also when you add to that that most of the young people that are, I say young people they're professional football, but in my mind they're young people. They don't have kids. I mean, you you got a family. You know, what are you going to do? Are you you you're involved in football, and you come home and you say, yeah, well, two people in the clubhouse had, are tested positive. And what's your family going to say when you come home? Are you going to be isolated somewhere else and never you know never go home?
2: Hey, that's why the Major League Baseball players, that's one of the reasons that they've been very uh, strict about, uh, you know, been very uh, hard-lined about wanting to get as much money, money out of this as they can because there is a major concern among them, and rightfully so, that, you know, what if they go out there and play and, and all of a sudden the guy slides into second base, there's a collision of some kind, he interacts with a player, that guy tests positive, he goes home, gives it to his family, family member dies. I mean, look, they have to be prepared for these contingencies and that's why you're, you're hearing a lot. Uh, that's why the major league players, at least they're kind of saying, look, we want to make sure we're getting as much out of this as we can. And here, and again, I will leave you with this guys. The, a statistic today came out right now, 60% of the people currently testing positive for this, this virus are millennials. And it's because mm-hmm. look, they've opened up bars, restaurants, they're back out. You know, they're, they're back, they, they can't be shut in. It's, you know, it's easy at our age to sit around the house and, you know, watch TV all night. But, you know, young people want to get out and stuff like that. Well, guess what? What it shows is the millennials are no no more immune to this virus than, than uh, Tom Dempsey or Bill Berge or me or Don. And if that's the right. case, you know, you could see this thing. I mean, and let's face it, all they did was, op- you know, slowly open up some of these cities here. And uh, 20 of the states now are seeing incredible spikes in uh, – in the virus so it's going to mm. happen and what do they do then so uh, there's so much that we don't know and so much that's unknown it's um again it's hard to know if we're uh if we're ever going to see uh any of these uh teams play until we get a, a vaccine really i mean we can all hope for it there's plans
6: for it but and uh, pray for and it they may get out there but they may have to yeah and, and, and to let me tell you down. what guys this isn't all about uh athletes and uh Getting football started and baseball restarted, and all of that, I represent in Delaware uh, a restaurant and I've been doing Monday night football there for some thirty five years a very, very oh. popular place. They serve oh. five thousand meals a week in this place when everything is fine and everything is going uh very nicely. Well, this thing has opened up now uh after about four or five uh Days and uh, I went just a little bit after the lunch hour, about 1:10, uh, and they had uh, tables that were uh, pulled uh, away and they had different parts of the restaurant closed. Can you believe this? That there was two people inside with a great big tent outside with tables underneath the tent, and I'm telling you, the look on this managing general partner's face. Was the saddest thing I think I've ever seen in my life, and so it's it's not just uh, athletes; it's it's everybody is hurting uh, with this thing all across the uh, the country, and I I just hope that uh, everybody gets smart, does the right stuff, and all mm-hmm. of these protests that are happening across the country that shouldn't really be uh, too much of a good thing, uh, right there, and and I also saw mm-hmm. on uh, the news tonight that there's been, I think, around 110,000 people that have died now. They think by September there's going to be another 100,000 people die, and they think this whole thing is going to spike and break out again. So then what the hell do we do with our uh, athletes? I have no idea, but it's a scary, tough, nasty time that we're living in, fellas.
1: Yes, it certainly is. Bill, Bill,
6: what what
3: uh, what restaurant is that?
6: It's a place called Stanley's.
3: Okay.
5: Oh,
6: Stanley's. Where's the, that The uh, Damon's Roost. That's it.
5: You've oh, got that. it. It's on Falken. Oh, Falk. Falk yeah, Falken's Roost. Yeah, Falken's Silver's Falk that, Falk.
0: actually.
6: Falk, there Falk. we go. Huh? Got to give that a plug while we got you on. Falken's grub. That's right. But I'll tell you what, it's it's really scary, and, and and I feel I feel so bad, I feel so bad, for the managing general partner. It, it's just. What what can you do? What can you do? You got you got to do the best you can, and that's coming up way short. And he's probably about uh, well, if he was at a hundred percent one time, he's probably uh, under ten percent. Oh.
4: well, my wife and, and I have uh, made the decision. We 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 are still in Florida. We did not go back to New Jersey. And Governor Murphy uh, says that next week they're going to open things up totally. But uh, as Roger said earlier, in Pennsylvania and Delaware, I mean, it. you know, if you have a family, if you have young children, I mean, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, you've got to give it a – more if you're older, you know, which I am, you know, you no. get it, they put you in and say, okay, close the door, it's all over.
1: Yeah. Oh, let will do through that. Hey, Bill, Bill, in a happier moment uh, as we're talking, a, a dear friend of mine knows you at the gym in Westchester – and Nick, you're when we say hello to you tonight. And, and be safe, he said. <laughs> well,
6: thank you very much. You know something? I want to tell you. Talking about gyms, uh, I, I my gym is Penn Oaks, and I would right? go there five Please. times a week. And I miss Penn Oaks so badly; it's incredible. Uh-huh. Yes, I can go out on the road and walk and do all of that stuff, but it's not the same. Yeah when you have a camaraderie and you have guys that you're with and all of that stuff, and mm-hmm. you're working out on the different exercise, uh, bikes and everything. Well, Absolutely. we will be closed with my health club at least for another, uh, two weeks. And, uh, I'm oh, just totally. hoping that that'll open in the worst way.
1: Oh, it will. just kind of keep the faith up there. So we, Nick said, Nick said, Nick said, uh, tell, tell Bill my very best. He's on Avalon right now. So, so he'll probably be up there working out with you guys real shortly up there, Bill. So okay, hey, Bill, I got I got my eagle shirt on in honor. I got, I got an old <laughs> Bill Burnham jersey on tonight, and I'm wearing that in honor in honor of yourself. So you're still my you're still one of my favorite eagle player, sir.
6: Well, thank you very much. You just made my night, believe it or not, and I appreciate that. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't know who the heck Bill Bergey is anymore.
4: Oh,
6: we all do. Well, I'll tell you one Number thing. If you've got a friend and he's
4: down at the shore right now, he's in
6: better shape because I'll tell you, the shoreline's
4: been pretty good. And they, you know, it's uh, in New Jersey anyway. It's up in Bergen County and down toward uh, the city because of the transportation back and forth in New York. And uh, so there's certain, certain areas that are certainly much higher. But the shoreline has not been too bad. So, I don't know. All we can do is hope for the best,
6: Bill. I hear you guys, and you guys have a good evening. I wish I can be on again sometime soon. And you guys have, have a good, good evening, time. and let's hope that this whole thing breaks out soon.
4: Bill, you thank can you, anytime you
6: want to. We love I'm you, time. Bill. Okay,
4: okay 60, thanks a bunch, guys.
6: So
4: much. Take, care. Take care, Roger. Thank you very much right. for your time, always.
1: Thank you. Wow. That's a, that's a great way to start, I tell you, Don. And I do got my 66 uh, jersey on. <laughs> 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 Eagle hat on there. I try to play the Eagle's fight song, you know, and get ready for this. But no, I mean, I think, well, what a, I think it would, it's going to be crazy right sure. now in sports. Yes.
4: Well, Tommy, and Frank probably knows better than any of us. Uh, I mean, sure. we've been so fortunate down here. Uh, especially in Sarasota itself, uh, or out on a longboat, or down a siesta. Uh, you know, Sarasota Memorial has had, I think they've gone, I don't know how many weeks now, without having one case. Uh, and we've had very few uh, during the whole epidemic. So, uh, you know, we really can't look at it realistically. Like the people, as I said, in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York. I mean, Roger, you're you're right there in the middle of it.
3: Well, I'll tell you, uh, Don, uh, yeah, I was up in North Jersey today, too, and, uh, you know, it's a lot different here. Now, my daughter uh, lives out in, I think it's uh, Snyder County, which is uh, where Sullins Grove is, Susquehanna University, and uh, they have been green for uh, about two weeks, and uh, the uh, she uh, wears, wears a mask, you still have to wear a mask when... You go into, uh, uh, you know, a store, okay, or and but the restaurants are allowed to have 50% of capacity. Right. And, uh, mm. you know, I, I was in Bed Bath & Beyond, which I love, the other day. You know, and there were people in there, but not that many, you know, like in line. Uh, and so much you can do now, even though the store was closed, you can, of course, do it online. But uh, right. I will say that I think and what I've heard from uh, Rita about in Georgia, and not that she's been out there, but the restaurants that have opened up, they're at 50 percent of capacity. They have changed mm-hmm. all the seating so that uh, the and at this one uh, big restaurant called the Atlanta Fish Market, that, uh, a fellow owns a, a number of uh, restaurants, very well organized they have one person that does this everything for you that but instead of having a guy do the water and you know or, or a woman or a guy doing this it's one person handles the table and of course you're limited on on how many you can have and you got to be family etc or they spread Well they're you pretty out. much
4: wholly uh, true with that 6 you say you know 6 feet apart I mean they most yeah, of the restaurants right. down here even though we've been open now for a few weeks Uh, The same situation, Roger and Tommy and Frank, uh, as Frank knows well, because he's right here. But, uh, you know, if you want to go out to a restaurant here, you're pretty much assured that you won't be within six feet of anybody else.
1: Have you been out?
3: You and Elaine have been out, Don?
4: Have you been out to
3: restaurants?
4: Yes. Yes, I have. I've been out a couple times. I've been out uh, three times so far, and and, uh, everyone has been a, uh, a perfect experience because, well, first of all, you can eat outside. You know, you got to remember that. Yeah. We're we're yeah. we're uh, you know certainly so if you go to a restaurant down here and uh, you're six feet away from anybody else uh, mm-hmm. and you're outside, I, I mean to me, uh, I think that's you know really being pretty pretty uh, careful. Right. And
1: Don, hang on. Don and Roger, hang on that ball. We have our baseball analyst coming on. Stevie K. Stevie, how you doing tonight? Hope you're six feet away
7: from everybody. I'm watching the major league draft. One of my favorite things to to do during the Uh year.
4: (laughs) You probably know more about that kid from Minnesota, but they really, uh, they really hyped up. Uh, I I'm I'm watching it as you are while, while we're doing Mm the show. And, uh, but Stevie, we, we've all gone over and over and over the baseball situation. Uh, Mm-hmm. No sense stretching it out Too much longer but, but what what are your thoughts You see it every year You're there every day What do you think
7: Yeah my, You know I've always You know my initial plan You know I always try to uh, Develop a plan That I think will every, would make everybody happy And I try to predict ahead of time Not based on what I would do But I, what I think the final solution would be And I always had it as You know a 70 to 74 game season where the players, you know, will get about 80% to 75% of their uh, pro rated pay. Um, That was my plan. And so far they haven't got there. The union's holding on to the hundred percent pro rated and the league is going to say, well, fine, we can't do that unless it's a smaller amount of games. So Mm -hmm. I think the, uh, I think there is a middle ground that by Friday, Will be pretty close to what I, I suggest, where everybody wins. The the players will get a little bit more of the postseason money to make up for the the cut in their prorated play uh, pay. Uh, I really don't think there is an easy solution, but there is a solution. And you think it'll be settled by Friday, Steve? I think the offer will be made by Friday, and we'll either be very optimistic or very pessimistic, but nothing in between, no wishy-wash. It'll either be, we're super close, you know, the offer the owners make is super close, or it'll be, no, this is unacceptable, and Rob Manfred will just almost immediately kick into the 54-game schedule.
4: Well, we talked about it a great length, so I'll just throw this out. I, I'm at a point right now where a 54-game schedule is not a baseball season. Uh, I don't want to see them play if they're going to play 54 games and then play what they consider to be a playoff in a World Series and then incorporate a bunch of the crazy things they're talking about, putting runners on base, only playing seven innings, all this kind of nonsense. That's not baseball. And uh, yeah. so to me, I would rather see them pack it in, have no games, and uh, work it out over the winter, do whatever you want to do. Uh, hope the virus is cleared up by them because as we talked to Bill Verney and we've talked to everybody all – night long, all you need is a couple of If they're all this, all you need is a couple of people to get the virus, and then you're really in trouble. you, you got to shut down the whole thing anyway. So,
7: uh, well, you, you uh, don't have to. I mean, you, you really don't have to shut the whole thing down um, with the virus. The age group that would be getting the virus isn't really at risk. You take a look at what they're doing in Germany, and now they're going to start the uh, English Premier League. They're playing Bundesliga right. soccer. Uh, they've been playing this, this soccer for for uh, three weeks now, which is really entertaining because I um, I also enjoy watching soccer quite a bit. So I've had what's nice is I've had my fill of sports now for the last three weeks um, watching my <laughs> soccer, and it, I, I can't wait to have a, another sport come back. But you do right. you know you, you, there are there are ways you don't it, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing. You know. I mean. In the NBA, when those guys tested positive, they ended up testing the entire organization, and there weren't a lot of positives in the organization. So, uh, you know, if somebody got it in the MLB, you would quarantine that person like you would do in society, and then you would test the rest of the guys, and everything else would just go on as is. Um, that, that's basically how you would, uh, you would do it. But, you know, the idea is to get a plan in place and not put impediments up right now. Uh, like you say, 54 games to me really isn't a season. I don't know. You know, uh, you guys know me. I'm a data guy. I love the – I've told you guys before, my favorite thing in baseball is when the ball leaves a pitcher's hand, um, it means something. You know, it counts for exactly. something. Whether like yes, A ball, a strike, a foul ball, a single, a double, and my brain goes like that. And then you, you stack those up. And I like to have a whole volume of data to look at and make my opinions and stuff like that in fifty four games. I mean I mean, come on. I mean what what am I looking at? <laughs>
4: the Orioles, the Orioles could get hot and all of a sudden they'll be in the World Series.
7: <laughs> you know, you know cute, you listen,
4: imagine this.
7: We're sitting here watching the draft and you have a bad team that gets off to a good start, which we've seen, or you have a good team that gets off to a bad start. Like last year, after 50 games, the Washington Nationals were 19-31. and 31.
4: Right. And that,
7: we, we, So next year's draft order would be set on how you finish this year in a 54-game season. <laughs> that would be hilarious. You could have a team that just had a bad year, that stack with talent in the fourth pick in the draft because they had a really bad start to the season.
4: Okay. Yeah, I, I, I just, uh, I just, I just couldn't imagine a 54, or 55 game season. I, I you know, I, I know everybody wants to see baseball, and I like to see baseball as well. But as I said earlier, in the first half hour of the show, I, I don't even know if I'd watch it if it, if it came on yeah. and they were playing a 54 game season.
7: Well, let me say one positive so we don't soil the entire idea of watching baseball, which I'm, as I just said, you, know, I'm kind of with you guys. I really want to be on surface, you know, when I think about it, it doesn't appeal to me too much. But the style of the games would be extremely exciting relative to normal because you don't have any time to do the – well, we're down by three runs in the sixth, you know, I'm going to save my bullpen for this three-game series. You know, you're going to have an urgency to win each game every night to get to where you want to be, which would be, let's not kid ourselves, not the postseason because of winning a championship, but you want that postseason money. So it would be kind of exciting to see what the game would look like. I don't want any changes to the game like you guys said. I don't want runners on base, seven in games. But there would be, if we could tolerate it, every night would be a little bit different of an energetic game for baseball teams because you really have to put space between you and everyone else quickly. you know so that would be kind of interesting bullpen utilization, uh, how you went about the games, you know how, how you treated your starting pitcher. you wouldn't be trying to extend guys to get through 162 game season. You hit the ground running, and you play for the postseason starting day one, and it will be quick, it will be fast and furious. That would be interesting. But with that being said, I'm with you guys. With that's a, It's a, it's not a direct path for me to get there. I'd rather have at least a 74, 75-game season. I'm,
0: I'm
7: with, with you, too, Steve.
1: With Roger. Steve,
3: Steve, yeah, Steve, I want to ask you, uh, watching the draft, I'm watching it too, the, um, the how does it's five uh, five rounds, and we've talked yep. about this uh, over the last couple of weeks. But uh, fortunately, you're with us tonight, and I love talking to you. You know that. The um, w- w- what what do you think's going to happen? They're talking about uh, you know cutting back on, on minor league teams. Uh, I'd like to have your opinion uh, about what the future is of minor league baseball.
7: Yes, the future of minor league baseball is a thinner and more linear. Just like any other industry, baseball is really far behind the times, and it's sad. It looks like greed, and it looks like a money grab, and it it has a lot of bad connotation to it. Um, The idea is to limit the amount of minor league teams so that you could really focus your player development um, on a select group you know, instead of having all these teams, you would whittle it down to a more select group. That way, you'd have better coaching, better communications between the coaches at each level. Uh, the stadiums would have better equipment. You would have, uh, you know, more technology, more uh, more training. But uh, that's the future, whether we like it or not, or agree with it or disagree with it. You know, I'm a minor league guy. As you guys know, I watch minor league baseball I am
3: too. Yeah.
7: All year mm-hmm. as well. And there's there's a few cities, you know, that you know uh, it's going to be sad that they're going to lose their connection to the game. Um, right, right. And, and, again, I understand why Major League Baseball is doing it. I think as time goes by and the shift is made, uh, it, it might work out better for the teams, but not better for the, all the communities. But out of the ashes of that, we could see a return to independent baseball, uh, with some with some good stories coming out of it, because you know players get lost in the shuffle. At, you know, down here in Tampa Bay, you know, in the last couple of years, some undrafted guys like Kirby Yates have made it to the big leagues. You know, he's now an all-star closer for the Padres. A kid named Michael Brasso uh, was an undrafted kid who made it to the Rays last year out of uh, Oakland University in Detroit. And you've had a number of guys that were uh, – kind of lost in the shuffle make it to the big leagues now some of those guys will end up being in some independent ball somewhere and then get you know signed into a team so some of these cities may end up finding themselves in an independent league we may start seeing some better talent and um, I'm not sure if you guys are aware of the Canadian American League which there's a few guys that make it that trickle into the big leagues out of that league um, every couple years so Overall, there's a lot of teams and there's a lot of opportunity, but it won't be connected to Major League Baseball as much.
4: And Steve, it's another big saving for the owners because uh, you know if you look at the sixth round, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, if you were a sixth round pick, you were still getting somewhere between three and three twenty-five uh, yeah. as you signed as you signed the contract. Now you're going to get twenty thousand dollars. I mean. If you're on the borderline of going to college or, or, or playing professional baseball and you can already get $20,000, you'd be pretty silly, pretty foolish to, to sign a pro contract.
7: And everybody knows that. And uh, this year is the draft this year, it's,
4: that this
7: year only, um, has the five rounds. It's not going to continue to go to five rounds after right. this year. It may not be 40, but it won't be five. And, yes, because of the, the situation, um, most high school kids and college kids that are, that have eligibility left will probably return to school. Uh, there will be some that decide to um, uh, maybe return to school, even if they don't have eligibility, um, and get their degree and then and then go for it next year. Very good point. Um, and it, you know what's going to be interesting is, uh, you know, the saturation of the college teams. Uh, You have your underclassmen that are moving up, and now you're returning a larger number of uh, upperclassmen, and uh, the opportunity for a guy that thought he would have an opportunity to play might not be there. So uh, a lot to to digest.
4: And also, Mm -hmm. Steve, the the baseball doesn't have a large uh, scholarship money to begin with. Pitchers pretty much get a chance to – get full scholarships, but the coaches pretty much have to spread the money around to bring people in. And uh, as you say, if, if uh, players are going to return for either that postgraduate year or uh, their senior year, uh, that takes the money away. So <laughs> that's yeah, another factor.
7: The NCAA, the NCAA did expand the scholarships uh, because of COVID for next right. season. So they, did, they did, you know, do a little bit of a, uh, try to help them.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: The you know the, the, I I love minor league baseball too, Steve. I really do. I love it, and uh, I I feel sorry for these cities. But I brought up a couple of weeks or last week or the week before. I forget, but I was wondering if like some corporation uh, would uh, take over or they'd set up a corporation, so to speak with a lot of the lesser minor league uh teams and then players that uh are not uh, affiliated like it would be independent but it would but they right. would have like a, a number of leagues at maybe a couple of
7: levels do you think you could see
3: that as a possibility
7: yeah but you know there the, the that's a possibility but you know there are quite a few independent leagues across the country already, the Frontier League, Pioneer League. uh, You know, there's a couple more. uh, But you are right. I mean, the opportunity is ripe for a new brand of baseball um, to take over some of these parks and to maybe have a few leagues. Now, the problem, guys, as you probably are aware of, the problem would come in, uh, you know, if you were looking to uh, play in a stadium Maybe a two deck affair, you know, or one, you know, smaller stadium, like a spring training type facility. You may, you know, let's say you're in Princeton where the Rays were and there's that field. Well, how many teams in that area have a field that's already waiting for them to play? Um, but no, there's an opportunity out there. So you are correct. Well, what I
3: was See, thinking of that, is you,
4: uh, you follow college baseball pretty closely and. Uh, give us an idea. Uh, what are we down to? About ten now, as far as the the ten or eleven. Uh, what do you think? What What do you think of the draft so far? And are you are you uh, positive about the teams and the, and whether they were filling the needs they needed or were they just taking the best player? Or how do you see the first ten picks?
7: Yeah. Um, so far, it's been basically based on need, and uh, not need, based on best player. Uh, you know, you look at all the mock drafts that were out there, uh, and, I, you know, I read quite a few of them, whether it's grass Baseball America, ESPN, Keith Law. Um, basically, the top ten players, now they didn't go in the exact order, but basically the top ten players that were taken were the top ten players that were supposed to be taken. Um, uh, the, uh, the Marlins taking Meyer over, I think, uh, over Asselici was – kind of a surprise because I'm, I'm a big SLAC guy. I, I like him a lot, and I thought that he would end up in uh, 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 Miami. Uh, but he ended up going to the uh, Royals, who guys the Royals have put together a very nice minor league pitching staff, all college arms, all about a step away from the big league. So uh, he'll, he just joins a group of guys uh, that's very impressive. But overall, it's been uh, it's, it's been entertaining. Your Phillies are about to pick. Uh, yeah. We'll see what they are taking.
3: Well, you know, you you mentioned the Royals, and I and I agree with you. They have really uh, done a good job, Steve. And that brought me back to the minor league. One of their uh, minor league teams is in Wilmington, Delaware, and as yeah. we all know, what is that? Twenty minutes from uh, Citizens Bank Park to the right. uh, the ballpark that they the Blue Rocks park down there, up at ninety five, half hour max. So there you Rogers, the, the Yankees Royals. are in
4: Trenton. They're, you know, they, every time right. they want to shove yeah. a player back and forth, he just gets in the car, drives to Trenton, plays you know, two or three games, and then comes back again. So they're very close.
3: Well, the Phillies yeah. have, you know, Redding, and also they have Lehigh Valley. But the, what I'm saying about the Wilmington Blue Rocks, that's an affiliate of the Kansas City Royals. But it's a lower one, so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well, games, Phillies, yeah. what are the Phillies take? Let's see who they're going to take. Yeah. But anyway, oh, see. Uh, you like the. You got to wait there to commercial it right gone. now. <laughs> I Don, I mean, get back to what Don asked. You see, you like the draft so far? Of uh, the, as far as uh, a, a a fix for the each team.
7: Yeah. So far, it's it's entertaining. You know. Um, it, it it is weird, you know. You have to wonder how many high school kids are going to slide because, you know, if they can't get the top ten money, they may just go to college anyways. But you know, I, I'm enjoying it, and uh, uh, so far so good. You know, uh, it's it'll be very interesting to see how the uh, back half of the draft goes, basically from the you know Phillies and White so- or the Phillies and Cubs down, because. Two things are happening. You have high school kids that are very talented that you would have to almost have a free draft deal in place to draft them, um, or they're just going to keep falling. And then a team with multiple picks that has a lot of money, like the Orioles or the uh, uh, the Rays or the Padres, could could sweep uh, could actually sweeten the deal and and go after one of them. So that's what I'll be watching right now is the uh, financial play. Like, for instance, the uh, Orioles at number two took a college outfielder um, who was projected to go around nine or ten. So they probably have a pre-draft contract worked out for under slot. And then later when they come back to their compensation pick in the first round, they can now go take a high school kid and pay him a lot more than he expected to get. It's what the White Sox did when they drafted Carlos Correa number one. They worked out a pre-draft deal with them at much less than slot, and came back and took Lance McCullers Jr. later because everybody else passed on him because they knew they didn't have the money to sign him.
1: That's
4: right. So, well, there's been a lot of speculation about the Rays. They've been so successful with what they've been able to do for the last 10 or 15 years uh, with a low payroll, but yet great Coordination between their scouts and their general manager and the front office uh, this year is going to be a little bit different because they're doing most of it by film and and uh, and television and so forth. What do you think about the Rays?
7: Yeah, uh, the the Rays do it. You know, they they have a way of drafting uh, that that's been basically very analytical and very much with the scouts. So scouts, right? You know and the analytics will get together, and that'll stay, that'll stay strong again this year. Um, you know, what the Rays end up doing, guys, is not only they draft well, but they pick up prospects all over the place. So, you know, we don't want to dilute the Rays' great farm system and say they draft really well. They draft well, but they build a farm system through international players and trading for prospects and drafting. You know, because if you go around the... Smart
3: uh, smart operation is what you're saying.
7: Yeah, because if you go around, and if we sit back and you go around the infield and outfield of the Rays, you know, you got Kevin Kiermeyer as a 32nd round pick, you know, and then you go to Austin Meadows, he was acquired by trade, you go to Yandy Diaz at third, he was acquired by trade, Adamas at short was acquired by trade. You know, you go into left field, you got Hunter Renfro acquired by trade. You go to second base, you have Joey Wendell and Brandon Lau. Well, Brandon Lau was drafted by the Rays. You know, G-Man was acquired by trade. So, you can kind of and The other thing, the
4: Steve, they've done it with three different general managers. So, the organization has stayed strong, even though they've changed at the top.
7: Hey, hey Nick Abel, by the way,
4: uh, was your pick for the oh.
7: Phillies. And he's a very, very talented kid. Uh, Projected oh, to go right pick, around then. ten to twelve. Yeah, um, yeah. The uh, the general managers with the Rays guys. Isn't it kind of a uh, you know you talk about remember we used to talk about the Bill Parcells coaching tree, right? You know,
8: right.
7: Now you go to the uh, you know and uh, you go to the Rays and you look at you know uh, Andrew Friedman, you know who's now with the Dodgers. Hein Bloom, who's with the Red Sox. You got uh, uh Uh, who named us, James Click, who's with the Astros, you know, Eric Neander's with the Rays, you know, uh, Matt Arnold, the assistant general manager with the Brewers. So you see the coach, the the tree coming out of Tampa Bay. It's quite impressive. And like you said, it's it's a tribute to the uh,
6: congruity
7: that the team has put together year after year with the process. So. Not just
4: just from the draft, as you point out. They they follow up, and they sort of get the player uh, that has a little bit more talent that maybe isn't starting or isn't getting the opportunity once on another club. They're able to deduce which direction they want to go in to make a trade to get a guy that's going to be a player for them.
7: Yeah, and they seem to have a knack of when to – when to unload pay people and people always say that the Rays are doing it strictly because of money that they unload player X, Y, or Z. And if you really dive into it, the Rays seem to get the best talent out of each individual before they make the deal, whether it's, you know, trading Matt Moore, you know, um, you can go over and over Matt Garza, you know, Chris Archer, uh, Logan Forsythe. we can just go around and around free agents that they elect not to sign, players they trade. Yes, money is involved in it, but at the same time, uh, recognizing that you you you, you know, you have a chance of getting peak value in return for a guy that you've scouted and decided has doesn't really have it, you know, you you don't see too many Rays anymore or in baseball have great success when they leave. And no, no, no. Ben Zoe Way Davis did, and James Shields did, David Price did. So, you know, it's they're not. It's not that there's zero players, but there's not a lot.
4: Branch Rickey is rolling over in his grave as we talk tonight. <laughs> 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 <That's
0: right. laughs> he, he, he loved, loved
4: twenty six. He loved twenty six minor league teams and one stockpiled major league team.
7: <laughs> you know what? Okay. guys not, not to drone on but I I'm a big Branch Ricky fan and you know uh, sure am I. one of the yeah one of the the little known things about the uh the teams like the uh the the St. Louis uh, uh St. Louis uh with Ricky early on uh the Brooklyn Dodgers and some other teams you know the great depression really uh changed baseball when back in the day minor league owners own the players for just same as major leagues for their entire career. And the only way you could get a player was to buy him from the minor league team, That's right. you know, then the depression came and these owners sold their whole team to the, to branch Ricky because the owner, you know, he had the money. So now yeah. you had teams 27, 28 minor league teams, uh, You know, it's actually uh, It's one of the the little known things About baseball is how Some teams got extremely powerful Because of the Great Depression And other teams could not
4: But Steve, he did exactly the same thing When he built the Cardinals He did exactly the same thing When he built the Dodgers He did exactly the same thing When he went to Pittsburgh Pittsburgh couldn't win anything I mean, that was his operandi, And it was just so successful Hard to believe that more people didn't understand it.
7: Yeah, and he took his stats guy with him to everywhere he went. He had one of the first statisticians working for him, uh, which is a, a little-known story, but Time Life magazine featured him. Albert, I can't remember his last name, was one of baseball's first statisticians. He came up with... And Clyde like,
4: was this real big-time scout.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a, uh, I have a book called The... Uh, the angry gentleman um it's it's one of the greatest branch Rickey books you could ever read uh but it it's it, literally it's about a 700 page book <laughs> wow well yeah. you know Steve,
3: it's, have you written any books Cause no i, I have not yet. you should you should cuz i would love to exactly. read a lot of your books
1: you should Steve. yeah i got uh, yeah, I would
7: love to uh, my my goal would probably be to sit down with a manager. I love managers books. Uh that's mm-hmm. my that's my favorite is to talk to managers and read managers like uh you know Dick Williams, Sparky Anderson, LaSorda, LaRussa, you know, uh Billy Martin, Earl Weaver, you know, those are my uh those those books seem to captivate um, captivate everything about baseball, you know, the managers always have a better tale to tell than anybody else.
4: That's, That's true. true. The only weakness was Branch Rickey was he didn't have enough money. Mr. O'Malley took, stole the team from him, basically, and then moved it out to California. But uh, uh, he, yeah. he sort of rolled over Branch Rickey. But I will say this he kept the franchise at the same level it was when he left. <laughs> they, they've done a great job as well.
7: Yeah, remember, he ended up back with Augie Butch and the uh, Cardinals later in the career, and they got a World Series. Uh, yep. He was he was trying to upsee the manager and the uh, GM, and at the end of the year the manager quit and uh, went and took over the New York Yankees. And I'm trying to remember his name. And it was uh, uh, Johnny Keane Johnny
3: Keane Yeah,
7: yeah. It was a flip flop. Got... Yeah, yeah. Yogi, he died Yogi year, went out. As... What happened,
3: John? Yeah,
4: John, it was a uh, he, he went to the Yankees, after. and I forget who went to the Cardinals. Right,
7: right. And all that was because, uh, you know, uh, uh, Ricky was trying to do a power play, and they were going to fire. He wanted to fire uh, the manager, Keen, when they, it looked like the season was over for the Cardinals. And he wanted to bring in his old pal, I think, Leo DeRocher. I
4: don't, I don't remember that. I can't say that I remember that. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, but I know, I know uh, it, it, I, it, I'll tell you, if some of his ideas, and if you read about the things that he did and the ideas that he had and how he developed and what it was all about, I mean, just super, yeah. <laughs> just absolutely the last, incredible.
7: The last thing I would say about Branch Rickey that just for the heck of it because, you know, there's not a lot of baseball going on, but a really fascinating uh, thing. You know, Branch Richie, Ricky put, a, put together the group for the Continental Baseball Association. Mm. And he, if you look at the teams and the ownership groups that he had lined up uh, to uh, start the association with, um, he basically opened shop directly across the street from Major League Baseball in New York, and threatened to take Major League Baseball to court so Major League Baseball would lose the antitrust exemption. And it was because of that that um, Major League Baseball relented and agreed to expand to several markets to appease Branch Rickey. One of them was the New York Mets, and uh, uh, Shea was the owner. You know, Shea Stadium. Right. Uh, well, yeah, he was Yeah, Bill Shea was the owner for the uh, Mets for the Continental uh, Baseball Association. So uh, you take a look at all the teams that Branch Rickey had lined up, Minnesota, New York, uh, Colorado, Washington, um, and a few others that ended up getting franchises straight after, you know, one of the expansions was directly related to appeasing Branch Rickey, who they say really orchestrated uh, the expansion movement by threatening the antitrust lawsuit. To Major League Baseball, so we start back. We start back with Branch Rickey and the Cardinals, and we go all the way up to Branch Rickey to the modern baseball expansion. Yep.
3: Yeah, amazing,
7: amazing. Yeah. You
3: know, talking about the uh, the Mets and and Bill Shea, and and then you had M. Donald Grant and Je- and Joan Payson. and uh, but I, it was funny. A friend of mine uh, down in Atlanta when we were lunch one day. The uh, he, he grew up in Brooklyn, and uh, when he was in uh, college, he uh, worked at the ticket counter, you know, at Shay. And it, he and I <laughs> are talking about M. Donald Grant and Joan Basin, and I want to tell you, there wasn't anybody at the table that had any idea what we were talking about. It was really <laughs> classic. <laughs>
4: well, Joan well, Basin was really the leader. Grant was just... Uh... <laughs> He, he was just on the sidelines. She she really had the ownership of the team.
3: Yeah, well, she yeah. was from uh, some well-known family, right, Steve Right, right.
4: Yeah, yeah. Well,
7: guys, I, I will say that I thought of all, most of you I thought of two weeks ago. Okay? I was sitting at home going through my phone, and I see Sir Anthony Dominguez is having Tommy John surgery, and I immediately <laughs> thought of you guys, and I said – you bastards cannot win with your bullpen <laughs> in Philadelphia. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's the curse that you guys are going to have to deal with. Some teams are cursed, like the Indians with Calavito. Uh, That's right. For years, I was, you know, for years, the Chicago Cubs couldn't replace uh, Ron Say or whoever at third base, you know. Right. I mean, he tried, but uh, uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are cursed with that bullpen, and I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, to get it uncursed, but something has to happen because you can't just keep having relievers have Tommy Tommy John surgery.
4: Well, they not going to have to worry about it. They're not going to be overworked this year.
3: Don't worry uh, about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: well, you know, it's, what's really sad is about uh, Sir Anthony. Is ironically when uh, he had been up in in Portland uh, with the the Reading Phillies when he was called up to go to. Uh, uh, the, uh, the Lehigh Valley to the uh, Iron Pigs. Mm-hmm. And then he was only there like a week. And, and I I met him when he was being picked up at the Philly airport coming from Portland to go to uh, go up to uh, uh, the Iron Pigs. And then I see him, you know, a, like less than a month later and I'm talking to him, uh, you know, at a Phillies game. And, uh, and, and he remembered, you know, I'm standing at the bottom of the escalator with this guy that's meeting him to take him. I said, Man, you were like on a world tour uh in the northeast part of the United States in like two weeks. It was crazy. I the guy's the kid is a really nice nice young man and a really good player. It's just a shame that he's been uh you know, you know hexed like he has, like you say he has, Steve. Yeah,
7: yeah. The whole Phillies bullpen the last year and a half. Now luckily, you know, this year, like you say, it won't it won't overwork anything, but uh you talk about the easiest way to short-circuit a season is to have your bullpen fall apart. Uh, luckily, the Washington Nationals fixed theirs on the fly last year or they were headed towards a disastrous season. And right. uh, Fixing a bullpen on the fly is still the hardest thing to do in Major League Baseball. There's other things that are hard to do, drafting development, putting your roster together, trading. But when it comes to doing something on the fly, fixing a bullpen on the fly is one of the hardest things to do. Uh, you better have a lot of arms and a lot of options going into the year because that right there will just crush your entire organization.
4: Absolutely. Well, Steve, tell me this. Are you you, may, you know, may be a lot smarter, well, you're a lot smarter than I am when, when it comes to medical tactics, but how could you be judge and have a broken, supposedly a broken rib with a few other side things to it and is, is he even swinging a bat yet? I mean, uh, up to about three weeks ago, he still wasn't swinging a bat.
7: <laughs> you, you, you know...
4: Uh, what the hell the is this
7: injury? I, I, yeah, the only thing I can think of, it's it's the it's kind of, of an injury that, one, doesn't show up really on an MRI very well. Um, and two, since it doesn't really show up on an MRI very well, it's hard to judge... Uh, it's hard to determine how well it's healing. You know, there's a lot of injuries like hamstrings and uh, obliques and stuff that you can get a feel for strength-wise, but you can also do the secondary medical evaluation of the progress of the injury. And I think what Aaron Judge has is an injury where you can't do the second part. You can't really medically evaluate easily, how it's healing and how it's progressing. So it has to all be done by feel. And when you do something like that, it has to be very slow and methodical.
4: Boy, it's slow. He wouldn't have, you know, really, in all honesty, I mean, he 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 wouldn't have been playing till now anyway, if, if he could even play right. now.
7: Right, right, you know. So if spring training begins Monday or Tuesday of next week, you know, or, the, or by next Friday, you know, uh, we'll see if he's in the cage taking his turn in the cage. Uh, that'll tell you that he's on track to start getting some swings in games. If he's just hitting off the tee lightly, uh, that would tell you that he's probably not ready to come back until, you know, much later.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. Well,
1: Steve, wow. you tonight Again, you're, 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 you're great for baseball knowledge up there. Thank you for the time we'll get you on next week. Uh, That'd be great.
3: Steve, you're, I'll say, you, you're
4: the best. Love talking to
1: you. Appreciate
4: all your time. And now let's hope hey, next I, week you got some baseball to talk about, Steve, and you give us a quick evaluation of what teams are going to do what for 50 games. <laughs>
7: right. we'll, we'll do a lightning round. That'll be
1: fun.
4: That'll be good. That'll be good.
1: All right, Steve, gentlemen. Thank you, for you very much. Have a great week, Steve.
3: Me. Thanks so much. Steve,
1: I'll say one thing go try. <laughs> go try. Take care.
4: You. Is, mama, is right. Mike ready in the
9: wings
10: out there? Is he ready that's to go? Ready. Mike, it is not,
4: ready. Ready. not my fault that
9: I was late. I was talking to my mama.
1: So if anybody oh, has a problem that's for that, 40. that's
9: number one. number one. Number one.
1: Don't worry about that being late. Talk to your mom. That's God bless you for that. So. Mike, yeah, still yeah.
9: on? No, if anybody has a problem with that, I was talking to my mama.
4: <laughs> no, no
0: problem at all.
4: <laughs> hey, no hey at all. Mike, 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 be a little careful here because I, you know, it's it's getting out of hand. So. <laughs>
9: <laughs>
1: I know, but <laughs> uh,
9: how how, how are y'all doing this week? We're doing great. Now we're that we're talking to you, better. Yes, we are. Well, we survived. <laughs> right, Let's put it that, that way. That, 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 Roger. I'll tell you, that's the first time anybody's ever said that. Normally, they tell me when they're talking to me, their day they just went downhill.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: well, you've got. we talked a little bit about it, just touching on the headlines. You've got a little bit of soccer that's going on. You got a little bit of soccer that's
0: uh,
4: opening on. Uh, you got a little bit of activity up and down the line. Things in Germany are rolling along. Give us uh, an update and. Uh, any fans in the stands, or anything going in that direction yet?
9: There is literally something called the MLS is Back Tournament. It is going to run from July eighth to August eleventh down in Orlando. So there are going to be fifty four games in total. Uh, each game, each team is guaranteed uh, three games at a minimum. So it's going to be
6: the MLS's
9: version of a, if you can imagine like the World Cup for the MLS, that's what it's going to be. Wow. Twenty six teams uh, the it, divided by conference. So the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference is going to have three groups of, um, of, uh, of four and one of six, and the Western Conference is going to have three groups of four. Uh, they're each going to play three group stage games. So one of the groups of six, the group of six in the Eastern Conference will play everyone. Mm. The two top teams and the four best 13th team, place teams will advance to Group 16, and there'll be a knockout competition from there. So everybody will get at least three games, and the, the max that they can play is seven. So these games, at least the group stage, will count for the regular season. As far as points for the MLS And then after the tournament is over They'll go into like a, what they said Would be a revised uh, Regular season schedule So it's going to be Really interesting to see how that plays out uh, the, the, the Six groups Will have six What they call seeded teams Based on things from last year So Atlanta, Toronto LAFC, Seattle And Red Bull Salt Lake uh, Atlanta, the uh, uh, supporter Shield, the, the most points in the league. Toronto won the uh, Canadian Cup. LAFC um, were the Western Conference champions. Seattle won the MLS Cup. And Real Salt Lake were the second-best finisher in the Western Conference, along with Orlando, who are the host team. Now, the interesting thing about that is the remaining – 20 teams are going to be unseated. So if you're uh, Philadelphia Union and you get into a group with like Orlando, who discernibly aren't that great a team, you have a legit shot. But you could have a, 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 a group that has in the East that has Atlanta, Philadelphia Union, NYCFC and New York Red Bulls, all four of the, the top four seeds from last year's Eastern Conference, all in one group, based on how they're doing this. Uh, to me, that represents a group of death if there ever was one. So it'll be really interesting to see how this group, this tournament develops. Well, you know, I
3: was just looking at the Atlanta United, uh, st- uh, you know, uh, Mike, um, and today they had uh, the interview with uh, the commissioner, Don Garber, and uh but mm-hmm. tomorrow they go and uh to regular team training again uh at their uh, training center uh, the uh, uh and that that is tomorrow and also uh on friday and uh as like in anything, and we've all been through it now, due to health and safety protocols, media access to the training grounds remains prohibited until further notice.
1: Ooh, interesting.
9: I mean, they're going to play all these games in basically a hermetically sealed environment, or at least as much right. as one as you can get. So I think that's how
4: you're going to go with these
9: moving forward. You know, how long
4: are we talking uh, about, Mike? What, what, what is going to be the length of this, a month to how long?
9: Well, we're going from uh, a little more than a month. Uh, July 8th to August 11th is the tournament.
6: Okay. And then they're going to
9: start the the uh, regular season afterwards. Now, nobody's forecasting fans in the stadiums for MLS soccer at all this year. Because, we, again, I, I've said this multiple times. I would like anybody to, t- to tell me right now, like, they feel comfortable putting 30,000 people in – a venue. Of any sort.
4: Well let's bring our but resident about, uh, PGA you, pro man. in here too. Doug Hamilton is on the line right mm-hmm. now
0: uh,
4: I just read yesterday yeah. what the lineup is gonna be as far as uh, uh people on the golf course. Uh they've got a tremendous tournament starting tomorrow, uh, with what six of the top players in the world all playing mm-hmm. and uh but the uh the, the media is going to really be restricted cameramen
0: mm-hmm.
4: people uh, they're going to use very few people to uh, to cover mm-hmm. this thing uh, as best they can. Doug what do you think?
11: Well, I mean I, I you know we've, we've um, discussed this uh, over time with with thinking that uh, this this would be good for uh golf to finally uh tee it up and and have people watch and and be safe uh in the process because I mean I think it's um, as we mentioned, one of the few sports that you can you can still do. There's no contact. There's no you know guarding people. There's no sweating on people. I mean, all that kind of stuff. Um, but Jim Nantz, I mean, he, he's
4: got to do this from the booth. He's not even going to be on the tower. Yeah. He's going to be back in the studio.
11: Well, um, I, I suppose this would be a polarizing version of statement. But I mean, anytime we can restrict the media and their access, I think it's a good thing.
0: Uh um, there you go. <laughs> you know,
11: I think I, th- I think I mean obviously. You're talking you know, about, Willis? I, right. I, I I say that with uh with um all due respect to our current Hall of Famers uh on staff here. Um but at the same time, uh I, I just I, I think that we over dramatize, oversensitize, we overcover, we over we try to make stories out of things that aren't necessarily stories. We 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 dig into people's pasts and try to like you know, that was the one thing I got from the last dance, aside from from the, the wonderful uh, just display that it was on a week in and week out basis. But, you know, the media actually tried to make Michael Jordan into a, a villain because of his gambling. You know, um, you know, obviously look at look at Tiger Woods and the the coverage of his personal life and how people may have been jaded, if you will, towards uh, him opinion wise um, you know just different things that i think are are unnecessary, uh in term i mean look at flip on tv nowadays what are you going to see covid 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 right 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 you know what i mean yeah. and it's gonna, and it's going to rain tomorrow i mean it's just it's over <laughs> and, and 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 people are That's just true. um right. they're tuning in they're tuning into this and it's just this morbid uh you know picture of of disparity you know that our that our country sucks all of a sudden you know and and it doesn't no, you know, but right. that's that's the paint that's the picture that gets painted. And so when you look at all these things, look, man, I just want to watch golf. Tell me, tell me yeah. what you know. Exactly. This guy, you know t- exactly. Tell me what is going on and and do play by play. I don't need narratives. I don't. I don't need editorials. I don't need any of that stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm I'm watching the uh, Major League Baseball draft right now. You know, <laughs> I think it's yes. It's Wonder wonderful. Week. It's yeah. wonderful to yeah. uh, to see these college kids and high school kids and whatever finally get their chance. But then they cut to, you know, a, a segment, if you will, on 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 what people are doing in the wake of all the different you know things that are going on in the country. And I'm just like, okay, well, I just I just want to watch the draft, dude. You know what I mean? Like, t- tell me where this oh, guy you. went to school. Tell me he can hit a fastball. That that's all I want to know. Right. I don't care about your opinions on on the rest of this stuff. So, the long and short of Back. it, Don, is I just want to watch golf. Uh, they they can put a muzzle on Jim, Vance, Jim Nance if they want to. Um, you know, he can he – can I, I don't care. It doesn't matter. I just want to watch.
4: Mike, uh, how about soccer? Do they the same thing with soccer? Well, maybe you left us. Is Mike yes, – Yeah, here.
3: Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mike, Good. no, go ahead. And hmm. now we're
11: sponsors.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: You know, you know Doug, I'm with you 100%. Okay? I could be very happy just, you know, uh turning the sound off and uh mm-hmm. you know, I I just get I'm tired of all this just mm-hmm. like of everything you say. And today yeah. I had a long a long day cuz I was working up in North Jersey. And mm-hmm. uh in the company car, I do not have anything but an AM FM. And you, one yeah, CD, you can play one CD. And what I did was I had my phone on Sirius on uh, good music, just, mm-hmm. and it's much more relaxing. And a lot of yeah. times, objects come down. will you know, I won't watch the news because you just get tired of repeat, mm-hmm. repeat, repeat. That's it. It's you know, sad. You know? I'll tell
11: you this. You know, grow, growing up in Baltimore, we, we've, you know, I, I remember listening to Orioles games. Uh, on the radio and and we have had some incredible, I mean, we've had some incredible, Mm -hmm. my my favorite, my favorite of all time was John Miller before he left and went out to San Francisco. And I just, I love his voice. I love the way he called things and and he told you what was going on. And to me, there is a remarkable difference between listening to a game on the radio and watching one on TV in terms of the, the filler and the time and all that and the the play-by-play guys, by and large, are, are mostly like are, are just really good when they come. because you're you're not at the game, you can't see it, you're just listening to it, and for them to still paint a picture of what's going on, like you're still like you're there, is right. what really makes them super good at it. Um, so yeah. So
4: we're going back oh. to your sport for a second. Uh, I I think one of the best bets for the weekend is mm-hmm. Spieth. Spieth is going off at fifty to one. At right. fifty to one. And he's uh, that's what well, I'd have to say. Basically, his home course, right, Doug? I mean, he plays sure. there all the time. Yeah, he shot sixty-five in the first round last year. Now he had one in mm-hmm. three years, but fifty-to-one yeah. odds on on speed. I, I, I mean, I got to yeah. give that a yeah. shot.
11: We're 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 at Colonial this week, right?
4: Yeah.
11: Yes. So yeah, I mean, I I mean, I, you know, it, it, it it'd be worth a, a ten or twenty-dollar bet. I think to I mean, I, you got to think at some point. Um, you know, Jordan Spieth has not really done anything the, the past uh, couple of years, and really? like you mentioned, I mean, he, he's a yeah, he's a Texas boy. So, I mean, I, I would think it would be worth it. Um, you know, and it would be good for golf, um, obviously, if he could get himself back together and, and, and be a contender week in and week out. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm I'm I think that's a good bet.
4: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot.
11: I would. Impressive.
3: You know, Doug, I was over at one of the uh, local uh, Philadelphia clubs. Tommy uh, has played it, I'm sure, many times. Uh, uh, it's called uh, McCall now. used to be mm-hmm. uh, Philadelphia Electric. And I was talking mm-hmm. to uh, – <laughs> you, you played that many times, right, Tommy?
1: Oh, yes. And you also remember the C-Line dropping right here next to it. You had a one That's right, Col-
3: yeah.
1: Well, what happened is
3: – I was over there and I was talking to the golf pro this is about business, obviously, but I, I mentioned you, Doug. And, uh, mm-hmm. I said, you know, I really find it. And I said, I said to this friend of mine, we have on the show, it's a, a pro down in Baltimore. I just can't figure out because they're in the same boat. I mean, you're mm-hmm. not really allowed to sell merchandise right. in the golf shop in the pro shop. you, you like, you said you can, but, you know, it's gotta be members right. where you are not putting it through on like the cash register mm-hmm. and, sure. and they were in the same boat, you know, and I, I said, th- just doesn't make sense to me.
11: Well, it's, it's certainly not an interactive uh, environment for people to um, want to branch out from a retail standpoint or, or to, um, as they say, schmai or, or window shop for, for different things. Uh, and so, you know, essentially, what we're back to is some of the essentials. I mean, you can't play golf without golf balls. You can't play golf without, you know, um, you know, it's sunny out; you need a hat. You know, your glove ripped. I mean, those are the essentials uh, that when you're standing in line at Walmart, you're like, ah, oh, crap! I didn't know they had grape gum. You know what I mean? Like that kind yeah, of stuff. You know what right. I mean? It's it's, you know, I mean, pe- people aren't coming. I mean, the the good news is, you know, um, you know, with Father's Day coming up, I think there could be some uptrend in not only the relaxation and guidelines of, uh, you know, different things with retail establishments, allowing more people in, accepting cash, credit cards, et cetera. Um, but, but, but I'm hopeful that, that this sparks kind of a, a return to the retail environment uh, with regard to, you know, I I've, like I mentioned, I moved a bunch of my shipments so that they would, you know, be more geared towards late summer, fall, when I was hopeful that we would kind of, you know, get over some of the hurdles of, of all this. Uh, and so I have some, you know, stuff in there, but it's certainly not, the array that I would be proud of at this point in the season and and you know typically we have Monday events where people are going to win gift certificates where they I have a captive right. audience of a 100 or more people so it certainly lends itself I think to um and also the destination aspects I mean I was talking about this earlier I mean you're you're not going to go to you know Bandon Dunes in Oregon with 10 of your best buddies and not buy a hat and a shirt and a whatever whatever you exactly. know what I mean so You know what I mean? If I could get some more people foot traffic in there from a captive audience standpoint, I've lost my Wednesday night twilight league, which is roughly around a hundred people each Monday in June, June, I would have had uh, over a hundred player outings uh, on Mondays. You know what I mean? So I've lost a a, a big slice of my pie, if you will, in terms of people that are already going to be there. It's not like I'm calling people up saying, Hey, come, well, you know, I don't have a, an internet or a website, you know, website that says, "Hey, you know what I mean?" You Shopify here, you can buy these seven Under Armour shirts. So, you know, I I bank on people showing up to play golf, and right now, obviously, we we just don't have that foot traffic in terms of people in the shop. Uh, well, are you actually sevens, opened so. up
4: fully yet, or you're not really the, the pro shop? Really isn't open unless it's a member or something um. like that.
11: Well, I mean, uh, the governor came on today and, and of Maryland, and he's um, he's starting to relax uh, some of these. So we're going to send out a notification to the members, um, you know, as of Friday, uh, that there are going to be some relaxation to some of the guidelines so that we're going to allow uh, credit card and cash transactions. We're going to allow people in the shop um, and some different things. So, again, I'm I'm hopeful that this
0: makes uh, oh, that's a bit good. of a turnaround.
3: That's good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
1: That. You know, How is
3: it down in Florida, Tommy and Don? I mean, is it the same, or is it fully open?
1: Well, 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 up here in Hernando County, Roger, I've been playing Hernando Oaks. It's a great golf course up there. I've been playing up it when this when this virus first started up up there. But they kept 15 minutes, tee times away. Uh, a couple of the fast food restaurants are open. A couple of the merger chains are open. A couple of the sports bars have been open since probably – probably since about a week ago. So it's slowly but surely coming back to semi-normal, semi-normal. But you're still going to watch out for that. i got to go get my treatments tomorrow. And nobody has, nobody has. when I first went in a couple weeks ago for my treatments, cancer is gone. This is preventative medicine up there. Damn,
4: well, no, they're, it, still, yeah. they're still very careful, Tommy. i I got to say mm-hmm. that. that the, you know, you can only be a single person in the car to... Yep. Uh, the pro shop mm-hmm. uh, at survey Bay, where I am, uh, uh, you know, they'll let one person at a time or two people at a time. Mm-hmm. If it's a family, uh, you you have to take your clubs home. You can't leave them in the in the mm-hmm. uh, in, in, in the in the sh- in the shed. You, you have to take mm-hmm. them home, clean them yourself, and bring them back out. Put them on the cart. They can't touch them. They can't give you any towels. Tipping has mm-hmm. to go in a jar. You can't hand right. anybody a tip or leave it on a cart. Uh, you uh, know. We've changed. Changed.
11: Dude, we've changed all that, Don. To your to your point, um, I mean, I, I put coolers back on carts. I put sand bottles back on carts. I put towels back on carts. Mm-hmm. I'm accepting cash. People can leave their clubs. I have uh, the uh, the outside guys are washing clubs with gloves and masks. Um, tipping is is obviously you know encouraged, but it's not a necessity. Um, and I'm actually at this point in time, I am greeting. Mm-hmm. The, the members uh, that I can to encourage them to ride together with their consent. Because at this point in time, I'm doing so many rounds of golf that I, I will run out of golf carts by midday. If some of these people lost. Wow. I mean, I had 20 women today on ladies day. How many <laughs> carts do you think they took? 20. 20 is the answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that is roughly hey, one-third.
4: So the one of, thing about it, Doug, is you, you get around in, in three and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, there's no problem oh, getting around three, well, everybody has their own card.
1: Well, this That's is right. true, but the
11: the, the the picture I try to paint to them is, hey, look, I mean, I can appreciate you guys wanting to do what's best for you, but I'm, what I'm asking you to do is what's best for the, the rest of the club In the sense that if you were playing at one o'clock and I said to you that you have to walk because I don't have any more golf carts, how would you feel? Uh, Has it been a
3: positive response, Doug? Well, you know, Roger, it's it's kind of
11: like if you mail a postcard out to somebody. If you mail 100 postcards out, you're going to get like 11 of them back. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. You know, it's it's the same concept. I mean, it's something is better than nothing with regard to me trying to you know consolidate. Um, I also understand that at this point in time, uh, certain people, as you mentioned, whether they have underlying health issues or whether they uh, are the kind of individuals that may travel to uh, they'll come in contact with people, they're more likely to, you know, separate themselves and, and, and do, a, right. do, do the right thing. And other people notice that. And, of course, now you've got two people that want to do the right thing. And I understand that. But there are other people that they play golf together four times a week. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why they wouldn't want to ride together. And in some cases, some of right. these individuals are riding together to get to the golf course. Right. You know, right. So,
4: <laughs> you know. Well, I'll tell you, it was uh, 93 degrees today here. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it was what? no picnic. We went out at 920 this morning. Boy, I'll tell you, woo.
0: Right.
4: by due time, it was, you were cooking.
0: It yeah, was 92
3: probably. when I was up in North Jersey, and it was 93 when I got home here. And I got to oh. tell you, when I was outside up there in Patterson, I, I had a heavy mask on. I learned a lesson yep. today: the heavy okay. mask is not for
4: a ninety-degree day, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. if there's humidity. We, you know how the humidity we have here. Holy mm-hmm. smokes! I mean, you yeah. can almost yeah. cut it with a knife. Yeah.
11: Wow. Yeah, yeah, I think. I think. Um, I think the weekend, um, the lower humidity, I think, is going to be critical. Um, and I know that I just had a storm blow through here a little while ago, so hopefully it it cooled some things off, um, you know, for for a little bit better scenario for the weekend. So
3: we had the storm last week, Doug, and it, uh, in our county, it knocked out a hundred thousand homes, right? Uh, oh. well, you know, customers. And uh, Don, mm-hmm. you knew about that because you know people. And a, a friend of mine didn't get it back for three days, and there were traffic lights. Mm-hmm. Excuse me out. Uh, mm-hmm. In King of Prussia, even
4: over the weekend. Oh, well, man, i'll say We 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 didn't have that, but we had eight inches of rain between Thursday night and Sunday yeah. night. So wow. wow! You talk you talk about flooding. Woo! It was mm. unbelievable. Card well, path only I mean,
1: for I mean, you, it's man. On to, yeah, sign up in the Nando County. Of, you know, um, right now it's time to live in Spring Hill in Brooksville, because you're high enough up. A, high enough up in the, in the hills, you don't see much. I can imagine you down in Sarasota by the a coast down there with eight inches of rain, the streets flooded. Oh boy, that guy just survived that, that mess down there. Boy, that guy who, But but you know, but but, Doug, Doug, but you know, Hernando Oaks up here in, uh, in in Brooksville has been sterilizing the carts, everything just got everything just got started. Mm-hmm. And, and you're fifteen minutes, pounds apart. You still gotta do right. that right now. Everything is good. So I usually play around three o'clock in the afternoon. Because usually, uh-huh. you know, it's no one out there. I don't want to join up with anybody. It's, it's, right. It's pandemic, six feet away from everybody. And now they had sure. something, they sure. didn't put the rakes in the traps or nothing. But now they got a fancy ball that to come out of the cup. They never touch the flag stick at all. And so, right. I mean, they've been bending over backwards up here. And so it does so the Abbey course up in that day two, bend over well, the, system, the and everything there. So, you know, you about that.
11: Tommy. Tommy, back to my original point uh, when we were talking about the over-dramatization of life in general. I mean, here's the thing. You know, the, the chances the chances of the COVID-19 living on your flagstick are, are about as much as me winning the lottery tomorrow night. You know, because of – I'm just saying because of – I mean, you, you hear doctors talk on TV, and it's just like I, I can understand that people want to take – personal accountability. They want to stay safe. I mean, no one wants to get sick. They don't want to infect other people. They don't want to do things that are outrageously stupid that we used to do lackadaisically um, in terms right. of shaking hands, hugging. I understand all that, but there are other mm-hmm. things that I think people are focusing in on that I think are just way off the rocker when it comes to, you know, the, the, the sun, the sun's rays. I mean, that, you know, the, the COVID-19 was, was studied in some laboratory in perfect conditions <laughs> In terms of where it lives on cardboard and plastic and metal and all these different places, it's not living. On but they've place. also
4: changed that a, a bunch of times too, Doug.
6: They sure
11: have. Very true. Yeah. Very true. You know, and and the standard rules apply. I mean, we're, we're sanitizing golf carts. Um. You know, and, and encouraging amenities so, that, that are shared, so to Doug, speak, to either be the removed
1: or, or partitioned. Um, hey, guys, well, time out for
3: You, you at the so, so. nail hey, man? Roger. Sure.
1: You Roger, thank you. Tick, tick, tock. Have, have a,
3: a great, great week. Up there. I, I, I hope everybody's safe. Frank, thank yes, you sir. as always. Magnificent job giving this all together. God bless. Have a wonderful <laughs> week. Take care. Be safe.
4: Doug, God, have a good you week at the club. Get a yes, lot of those carts out. Make some money over the weekend, <laughs> and we'll talk to you next week. And We'll
1: talk yes, about sir. the Schwab
4: Tournament, see how everybody does with the top yep. six players in the world playing this weekend. You
1: oh, got it. Justin, thank you for your time again. God bless you, Roger and Don. You guys are the best. Doug, thank you for your time for golf. I'd like to thank our guests as always, Roy Cummings, Eagle legend, my favorite Eagle, number 66, Bill Berge, Mike Simzak for coming out for soccer, and Stevie K for, for baseball up there. So, Frank, uh, another another superb job. I'd like to dedicate all these shows to the first uh, you know, when the people work in the hospitals and you've been super They've been, been fantastic for working in the hospitals to for the first for the first responders. And also, Frank, the people working the fast food for the drive through. You take a couple of these restaurants, lines hot way out the door, and a couple of the people put on their signs. Our crew is the number one, the reason why reason why we're serving you. We love doing it. So Frank for my family, and your family, God bless the next week's show fans will have Mark Ditler on from the covers of Yankees in baseball, and we'll have on Rick Peckman, Voice of the you Tampa Bay Lightning. Frank, take it so God bless.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces and men and women of police and fire services. When you're out there and you hear somebody, see somebody in uniform, please, please don't take it out anything out on them. Please uh, support them. Both the military, police, and fire are all under fire right now. Um, these programs are dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcat Sergeant <clears throat> Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Brandy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, San Diego Officer Mike Handler, Lieutenant Mike Zerber, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anahua Crispin, Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogle, Longwood w- 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 Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington w- Fire Department, Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Lazaro, Philadelphia Highway Patrol. Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township, PA, Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Bob Neary, uh, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, Orange County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Robert Germain, Windermere, Florida Police Department. Trooper, uh, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Patrol and Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Hillsborough County Deputy Sheriff Charlie Kotloff, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia F- Police Department, Delaware State Trooper, Sergeant Rodney Bond, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Fikas, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Ardiff Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, Special, uh, S- Special Investor Investigator, FDLE, Vinny Galaccio. Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Boward. Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter. Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard. Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department. Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Clay Zerber, Clay County Sheriff's Department. Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department. Deputy April Rodriguez, Pasco County Sheriff's Department. Officer Bob McKetchen, Blocsey, Kentucky Police Department. And Trooper Joe Bullock. Florida Highway Patrol. My brothers and sisters, although it may be 10 7 at this time, at some time we'll be 10:10 10, 10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the roads rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields. And the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the hallow of his hands. Good night. God bless and have a great weekend.
10: Shema Lechma Yilamah Shema Hezah Yilamah Son HaShem Nevor
5: 99. County Dispatch to 1999, County Dispatch to 1999, all units be advised, 1999 has responded to his last emergency. May God rest his soul.